Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Brownstein attorney Travis Norton joins strategic advisor Mark Begich to provide an overview on the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS, and how the Foreign Investment Risk Review Modernization Act, or FIRMA, currently moving through Congress, could expand the national security concerns that CFIUS is authorized to review. They also cover how CFIUS engages with export control laws, the regulatory work CFIUS will need to undertake if FIRMA becomes law, and the bipartisan concern in Congress to protect national security interests. Welcome back to another Brownstein podcast. We're very excited to have with us today Travis Norton. Travis is of counsel, previously served as general counsel to the House Financial Services Committee and as staff director of the Senate Banking Committee Subcommittee. Travis focuses much of his practice on financial services regulation, offering counsel on the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, SEC regulation, fintech, housing finance, as well as uh, financial institution regulation, insurance policy, kind of a list of things that uh, Travis works on here. He also draws on his experience as general counsel to the House Judiciary Committee to offer clients advice on intellectual property, bankruptcy, cybersecurity, and privacy issues. So basically, Travis, you cover everything. That's how I see it. It's fair. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about a piece of legislation and a committee. And I'm going to have you, because when I say the name, people who know this will say, oh, I I know what all that's about. Then there's people who say, what is he talking about? So FIRMA is the bill, and then CFIUS is the committee. But first tell me what it is, and I want people to understand that. But also, what are some of the issues that are really popping up? This is a a lot of interest around this. I think it's in the, is it in the Senate Banking? Yes, yeah, there are in bills Senate in uh, Senate Banking and House Financial Services. Right. So, it, and there's a lot of interest. We have a lot of clients around this issue that care about what goes on. These are the kind of bills that the average American looks at and goes, I don't know what that is, until you start describing how it impacts them. So why don't you give kind of set the stage on this bill? Sure. Um, so CFIUS is the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. It is an interagency body that uh, is designed, uh, it was initially conceived of in the Defense Production Act in 1950, and it was designed to um, review transactions that involve a foreign uh, company, Uh, really transactions where a foreign company could gain uh, control over a United States business. So is a foreign com- company buying into a U.S. company or buying out a U.S. company? What does that mean in the sense of uh, their influence on public policy potential or owning certain products that are limited? Yeah, it's a little narrower than that. It really is focused on national security. Mm-hmm. However, the shape and scope of national security has changed over time. Certainly since 1950, there was a set of um, CFIUS uh, amendments made to the law in 2007-2008 timeframe, but national security concerns have changed even since then. And the most pressing one, which is really uh, inspiring the desire to make even further amendments now through the bill uh, come to be known as FIRMA, uh, is the national security threat posed really by China. Uh, over the last few years, China has embarked Uh, and this is well recorded in media and other publications by the U.S. government, China has embarked on what is called technology transfer. And and China's uh, strategy here is really to invest around the world in emerging technologies um, by way of investing in businesses and other types of investments uh, in order to gain 
um, greater technological know-how in sort of this competition with the United States and other countries in the developed world. And let me pause you on that for just a second here. And, and I want to expand that just a tad. And you described this, I thought, I thought very well, and that was the issues have expanded. In other words, this isn't just about military technology. This can be cyber technology, That's cyber right. security, all those new things that we didn't really think about a decade ago. But today, China has a huge investment globally in these new technologies, emerging technologies that could impact financial markets defense technologies, all kinds of things. And that's kind of this nuance that's really emerging. That's exactly right. The United States really has been the powerhouse in innovation and technology really uh, since World War II and even probably before that. Um, And we have always benefited from the availability of new technological solutions to problems uh, because we have that technology before other countries do. But Just now, an you, interesting statistic. 80%, I think this is the right, in the last decade, 80% of the new technologies were U.S.-based. In the future, they estimate that 80% will be non-U.S.-based as the technology patents. Yeah, Very interesting. I think uh, that statistic is right on. And so the question really is, does the United States, to what extent does the United States' first availability to technology promote our national security interests? And I think the answer increasingly is it promotes it a great deal. You could imagine if China were to uh, gain access to technology like artificial intelligence, blockchain, mm-hmm. um, new kinds of uh, um, uh, cybersecurity or the ability to conduct cyber warfare before the United States, it would certainly put our national security uh, interests in a, uh, a second position to China. And so CFIUS really is designed to examine transactions uh, that could pose a threat to the United States national security. And as the shape of national security has changed, uh, so too must we update the law to empower our government to uh, examine transactions for a broader uh, range of security threats. And mm-hmm. so that's really what CFIUS is. It's uh, led by the Department of the Treasury. There are a lot of other government agencies that participate. Um, but right now, as presently written, its mandate is limited to reviewing um, a, a fairly uh, narrow set of national security concerns. And so what uh, members of Congress and the Senate are trying to do through legislation that we call FIRMA, uh, is to Which update. there's a markup coming up. That's right. There's a markup uh, in the Senate Banking Committee uh, next week. So I think it, it is on May 22nd. And essentially what this bill does is it expands what CFIUS can look at. So, for example, one of the new authorities is it gives CFIUS uh, the ability to examine investments in real estate transactions by foreign companies uh, when the real estate is near a military installation here in the United States. Which is a big deal because the, the, from folks within China, there's huge efforts to buy real estate. And the U.S. is a place they like to buy. That's right. That's right. Um, there is authority to examine transactions that are designed with such a complexity um, in a way to uh, evade CFIUS review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a few other authorities. Now, initially, as conceived, FIRMA had a provision in it that became somewhat controversial, which would have said if there is a United States company that has an outbound license of intellectual property and associated services, 
uh, uh, th- that transaction would need to be reviewed by CFIUS. Presumably, even if that transaction were sort of in the ordinary course of a customer business relationship. So you could, uh, if you're the United States and you have a company that uh, makes computers and you sell computers to somebody um, in Japan or in China and you provide support services, that could have been a CFIUS transaction. Hmm. The um, Recently, I believe it was last week, that the Senate Banking Committee released a Crapo-Brown amendment to FIRMA, uh, an amendment that is in the nature of a substitute that um, it removes that outbound IP provision. And what's really at issue here is an intersection between CFIUS, which is designed to review company to company transactions, and the United States export control laws, which are really designed to limit and ensure United States national security when we uh, share critical infrastructure, critical technology with other countries. So, for example, if you're Lockheed Martin or another defense contractor, you're very familiar with export control because That's right. we don't just sell um, nuclear submarines right. to other countries. Because they call up. It's not a Home Depot program. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so um, the Senate Banking Committee, the House Financial Services Committee, have taken a lot of testimony about FIRMA. They've heard some of the concerns, and it appears that the Senate Banking Committee has responded to that big one, which was this outbound IP There are a couple other things that um, are hot-button issues with this bill. One is, if you read through FIRMA, uh, and uh, when I say FIRMA, I'll just refer to the manager's amendment, the Crapo-Brown substitute. Because that will be the final product that's going to be in front of the committee, really. It it will be in front of the committee. I don't know if it will be the final product. But 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 what they get to see and work on. That's right. That's right. Um, There is an incredible amount of regulatory work for CFIUS to do in response to this legislation if it were to become law. Mm -hmm. Uh, Virtually in every section, Congress has punted authority to the committee or to CFIUS to write regulations. So, for example, there is um, a section in the bill that continues to allow passive investment. To be clear, CFIUS allows a foreign company to acquire a U.S. business and right. have control. There's nothing that prohibits that, but that has to go through but the review. But there's a review process, right. Um, they have created kind of a, um, a light review process mm-hmm. called a declaration process. And those are for more like passive, not really well, companies it, that may have these concerns? It really is for every company can take advantage of it. One of the issues with um, CFIUS is uh, under current law, you file what's called a written notice. CFIUS has 30 days within which to dispose of that. It's very, very rare that they actually dispose of that in 30 days. Instead, they elect to go into a second phase. If you're familiar with antitrust review, this would Mm -hmm. be like a second request. Gotcha. The second phase in CFIUS is called an investigation, and that lasts for 45 days. Well, that's a total of 75 days if they meet their deadline. In the mergers and acquisitions world, in investment world, 75 days is just yeah. too much uncertainty. It's a, li- it's a lifetime. And so what they have, what the committee, uh, the Banking Committee and Financial Service Committee has tried to do is respond to these concerns about speed and respond to concerns that CFIUS, uh, as amended by FIRMA, would unduly burden truly passive investors. So, for example, a uh, Chinese national that invests in a mutual fund mm-hmm. but has no real control over which investments that mutual fund makes. 
um, a limited partner in a GPLP mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of uh, arrangement. Where they again, they have limited role, passive investor description. That's right. But the actual investment may be directed by something completely out of the. Well, they have no say in that. That's operation. right. An investment advisor, so a general partner. Up. That's the idea to get that one speeded up. That's right. So, so Firma, I think, uh, took into account those concerns about speed. They now have this process where you can file essentially an informal declaration that actually can't be longer than five pages in the legislation and kind of preview your transaction with CFIUS and get them rolling on it before you're required to file, if you're required to file the formal written notice. And that will be in the manager's amendment? It is in the manager's so, amendment. And that was one of those things that was brought to the attention of the committee and probably people we work with here that were concerned about the length and time. And so this is kind of responding to make it more flexible. I, that's my word. That's right. Yeah, if you're private equity or if you're venture capital, um, this you is a do not <laughs> want to wait that long. Right. Well, you uh, can't. In the financial world we live in today. And so this is actually a response to people's commentary as well as, again, more likely people that we work with, clients that we work with, and trying to figure out how to streamline this, still have those protections that the government wants, but from an investor standpoint – don't make it overburdensome. That's right. And there are other uh, great things in this uh, manager's amendment. There's a whitelist for NATO countries and other countries that have a CFIUS type structure in their country. You know, one of the big issues here is, um, you know, CFIUS is designed to review transactions for national security, but we do not want to stifle FDI or foreign direct investment into the United States. Uh, We have Uh, FDI creates hundreds of thousands of jobs here in the United States every year. We are a haven. We attract a lot of capital, and it has led to, uh, you know, really the the greatest economy that the earth has ever seen. So do you, does this have any negative or positive impact with EB-5 in the sense of what goes on there? Or is that kind of its own pathway and its own review? But if you have a group of EB-5 investors that want to invest in something, some CFIUS might be part of that equation. But let's say it's a passive. Maybe they're just, like you said, a part of a limited partnership in a hotel chain. I'll use that as an example. This CFIUS may not even touch it. Well, that's right. I mean, if you're investing in a hotel chain, it's unlikely that right. uh, that investment's going to pose a national security But maybe threat. you're buying into a computer company or technology that's company. That's right. If you are investing in information services, you should uh, expect to have a hard time uh, in the CFIUS process if you are a Chinese investor. Uh, I can't understate that China is really the, uh, the concern area. here of Firma. And also, so there are really two concerns. It's a geographic concern, namely China, and then it's this technology or critical infrastructure concern. Uh, and this is also, it used to be the case that a lot of really critical and emerging technology was financed by the federal government. Uh, as federal funding for those kinds of things has gone down and sort of small cap capitalization, capital formation tools have increased thanks to bills like the JOBS Act, you have around the country a lot of emerging technology being created that the government, the United States government may not yet know about. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the um, fertile ground where China is looking to invest, to acquire technology, acquire Maybe not acquire the technology, but, but uh, some hold into in it. a way to get access to the technology mm-hmm. and uh, thereby benefit uh, f- uh, from it for state purposes in China. And 
so there really is um, uh, it's sort of this we don't know what we don't know we don't know all of the technology that's being developed today in the United States but we do know that if it gets into the hands of sort of let's just loosely say our competitors mm-hmm. or or worse into the hands of uh, countries that uh, do not ha- do not share our national security interests um, that could be very about. Uh, Let me ask you, as we uh, want to kind of summarize a couple pieces here. So the bill's going to have a markup. Where's the at the end of the day? Is there one or two things that are just really going to be the big debate on this? I mean, first off, if you're not a senator or a House member that is on those committees, this is going to be I don't want to say complicated for them, but out of their norm of focus, right? So they're going to hone in on what's the things that are going to be important. What are the hot-button issues? And then what are we hearing from our clients that they're concerned with with this bill? It sounds like one has been partially taken care of, which the timetable, kind of getting it more reactive to the real marketplace versus some bureaucratic made-up timetable, which is usually the case, right? And so is there is there something out there that's that people are going to go, this is going to be the, the linchpin of making this bill move? Or not, or is it just kind of everyone's just kind of putting pieces in there, and it's all going to come out of the, you know, the machinery at the end of the day in some form? So, I mean, I think that there is almost unanimous support for the idea of updating our laws to better protect U.S. national security. On both sides, Democrat and Republican, so they've already come to that that process, that thought process. Yes, and I don't think you know, CFIUS reform, uh, at least in this case, doesn't break down really along party lines. You have a Crapo-Brown amendment right. to Firma. Which is itself amazing, the two of them together, which is a good sign that the bill itself is of interest to both sides. Yes, I think that's true, especially after they Got had the last somewhat <laughs> of an acrimonious relationship during the uh, regulatory relief bill. Right. But I think, you know, some of the issues here really, as I was saying earlier, and I'm not sure I uh, elaborated on the point, but the amount of regulation that's going to be required by CFIUS and the amount of work uh, for a, a body that really is, this is sort of a part-time job for other members of the government, is right. that they have CFIUS duties. Right. There's no permanent, you know, there's a few people it's who It's not work. like the SEC or the FCC, or it's not like some agent that's set up specifically that's to right. do this. That's right. And so a few issues will come up. I think one is... Um, the amount of regulatory work that's going to be required. How and to do it in a timely manner, get it done. And, and funding. People, and funding. Okay. So there is, uh, in the legislation, contemplated a fee that you would pay when you uh, file to get gotcha. your transaction looked at. Uh, and that would help with uh, some of the financing for, the, uh, for an expanded agency. Um, but two is just the amount of regulatory authority being granted to CFIUS. And so there's going to be this question, well, if Congress means – if Congress wants CFIUS to interpret the law, the new law in X way, why doesn't Congress, Congress just, just say it? it? Right. Um, but, you know, this is really the, the issue with emerging technology is it's hard to – you know, our law is static. It doesn't um, – it's not dynamic and it doesn't move with technology. And so – And our legislative process doesn't either. That's right. So yeah. you've got to give some flexibility 
to the administration side that can actually write some of this up as this technology advances so they can be responding to the marketplace. That's right. And actually, this bill addresses that in two ways. The first is it does defer a lot to um, regulatory authority, which I think does provide uh, a little more flexibility than having legislators respond to the day-to-day technological development. Um, The second is it authorizes the president to convene an interagency working group on uh, on emerging and critical technologies that kind of this bolsters essentially our export control authorities. Mm -hmm. Um, So, right, you have CFIUS is really looking at business to business transactions, who's going to own what kind of business. It's not really product specific mm-hmm. necessarily and not looking out in the future either right they're not they're waiting for it to kind of oh appear. that's right yes Sifius is a slice in time right there is new authority in this uh legislation that would um count as a covered transaction when a foreign business um comes to gain control or access to the technology. So Mm -hmm. if I invest today and I'm merely passive and CFIUS blesses that, but later I become active, uh, I'm going to trigger another CFIUS review. Um, But, you know, really the export control laws are really designed for the product-specific uh, review what is a critical technology down to the nitty gritty how it, what is its application what does it look like and are United States businesses allowed to kind of transfer that technology uh, and subject to what rules by the U.S. government and so again we have kind of the CFIUS and the export control I think the committee um, the banking committee and the financial service committee are really trying to not have those authorities be duplicative. Uh, and therefore, you know, more burdensome to companies that want to engage in um, in behavior or conduct that doesn't pose national security concern. Uh, but at the same time, the stakes here are very high uh, in as much as China is um, aggressively and quietly trying to bring to fruition its, again, its technology transfer plan. And so we have to be mindful of that. Well, let me tell you, Travis, this is one of those subjects that, again, if if you're not familiar with it, today you have now become familiar with it, which has been great. I appreciate that. You have done a great job in explaining what the bill does or what it could do, some of the challenges that are out there. You know, from our end of it, again, I think from the Brownstein firm, we know we have people ask about this, and I think your depth of knowledge is clear as you described it here. So first, I want to say thanks for uh, making sure people who tune into podcasts, they might say, what is the firma who? And you've done a, an excellent job in that. But on top of it, it is not a simple bill, but what's amazing, the way you described it here, is people on both sides of the aisle are working on it together because they see the importance of the impact or the potential impact that China could have on our national security. And this is a vehicle to ensure that we are protected, but also creating the flexibility to allow investment to continue to move in the right direction. That's right. It's a balancing act. And so I think the people you know, and industries that will be watching this bill closely, the investment community, private equity, venture, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and technology companies. Um, what kind of technology do I produce, research, and develop uh, that could – that either is now a critical technology or could in the future become one? Uh, and what are my limitations there when I think about uh, the marketability of that technology? Yeah, investment. Thank you. Travis, thank you very much. Thank Thank you you. for a great conversation. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Brownstein High at Farber Shrek podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.